Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up and blessing me this morning. I also want to thank my loyal listeners for tuning in, sharing the information, my family members that have been reaching out, contacting me, and also supporting what it is that I'm actually doing, and to individuals that have been basically leaving comments and suggestions as it relates to some of the topics. Now, with today's show, I want to hear from believers, non-believers, individuals that visit the mosque, individuals that go to Catholic churches, Baptists, Protestant, Church of God in Christ, the Kingdom Hall, or any other place of worship. Because today there has been a lot of confusion as it relates to reopening churches. Now, that doesn't mean that the churches are closed, because what's happened is individuals have had to become creative and do things a little different because we know that the church is a place of worship. We know that it's a place of fellowship. And individuals are doing such by worshiping God in a variety of ways. And I'm looking at my Facebook, my my thing, it looks like every time I try to type something, it respells it for me. But the problem is the doors of the church are closed, however, due to this pandemic. But that doesn't mean that we are not worshiping, we're not praying, we're not fasting. That's not what that means. But the question, however, is, is it safe to return now? This is a question of concern and now appears to have become a political and legal issue, especially if you are like me and I you know, watch and listen to CNN news, that I'm listening to the radio, I'm online, I'm trying to gather all this information, like, is it safe, is it not safe? You know, um, we really don't have all the answers. Now, with that being a question, people want to know. Because I was always taught to believe that there was a separation between church and state. However, when we have a president that's on the air and talking about churches now, an essential place, and we, you know, people are talking about their constitutional rights to worship, and then yet some of the churches opened up prematurely and people were dying or getting sick, that opens up a whole nother can of worms to make you wonder if there's a political ploy or are people really, really concerned about us? It made me go back to Michael Jackson's song was when he was singing, all I got to say is that they don't really care about us, because we're getting a lot of misinformation. Now, again, I want to hear from you. So if you are a pastor out there, if you're a place that struggling, struggling, wondering, should I go, should I stay at home, give me a call, 516-387-1514. Like I said, I know my voice is giving out, so I'm trying to speak a little softer because for some reason I have been very, very hoarse. Now, again, are you ready to go back through the doors of the church? Also, if so, how are the people going to be protected? Now, I'm waiting for some of my callers that indicated that they would be calling in today because I do want to hear the thoughts, the suggestions, and the comments as it relates to this topic. Now, I'm looking at something, and it's coming from reopeningthechurch.com, and it talks about reopening the church. And it says, the church never actually closed just to the doors of the building. And with that being said, they put some information out and, you know, and a lot of individuals are putting out guides. And I was even looking on, I got an email where I received something and they was talking about, you know, um, passing out face masks. They were talking about hand sanitizers. Now, I have a caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Good morning. This is Jeanette, number ending at 33. How are you doing? I'm being blessed. Thank you very much, Nancy, for calling in. I appreciate you. I'm trying to talk softer. I did the show 
about lupus yesterday because month, I mean, the May, the month of May is Lupus Awareness Month. And why did I do that show and then mess around and had a lupus flare up? So my throat is complicated. My body is just jacked up. But I'm like, hey, all right, take care of you got a little while while I talk to your granny, okay? <laughs> okay, Thea, I just logged you on. How are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. I was, telling him, I was telling him, take your time because he wanted, he wanted to go have ice cream. And so he was rushing. Oh, no. So he said, last time I ate all my food, but today I'm not. I said, well, you're, it's still early. You just started. He trying to keep up with me. You know, I inhaled mine. And so. Oh, no. He so he he said he said I have to eat all of it so I separated some and then so I said just this much so I split everything in half and then I took one of his tater tots he looked at me like I just shot the breakfast. Uh uh no. So then I said you don't want me to eat your tater tots. Got he you. said no. Even though we got to keep it we got to keep it on the show, Thea. We got to keep it on the show. Oh, okay, but okay. He told, me, he told me last night stop snoring. I told him get out of my bed. <laughs> 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 okay, so when we start talking about reopening the churches, I'm going to start with you, Nancy. And, you know, and like I said, I'm looking at something, and it talks about the church never closed, just its doors. And I'm looking at something, and they have what's called a guide to reopening church services, step by step. Now, Nancy, I know you was visiting churches frequently, and you was very in tune with your pastor and the relationship. How has it been for you not attending church service since here recently, or have you been attending? What's been going on with you, Nancy? Um, the church is closed, but there's virtual um, church going on, so I have not mm-hmm. missed any church. Um, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I have moments where PTSD just flares up, and I just mm-hmm. want to just push that button and turn everything off and turn everybody out and turn everybody off. And my pastor has been preaching about not turning everybody off and turning everybody out. Because today, in today's time, it's so hard right now because part of it is you don't know who to trust. You know, because we've had individuals going back to church as early as April. We've had we watched on the news and watched on YouTube pastors getting arrested for opening the doors. We've heard about choirs that were still trying to have choir rehearsal, and then some of the members were infected. I want to know what are we going to do to protect the people? You know, is it a political move, or is someone being told by God is now time to start back in fellowshipping? I don't know, and I know I'm concerned because I have a compromised immune system. So I know I can't just be around any and everybody, and what are they doing? I mean, we're watching the beaches, we're watching people go to the park, and they're being many people are being disobedient. So in a leadership position, what are even the pastors supposed to do? I, Thea, what I think your... the, pastors, the pastors should be in prayer for a great direction because um, God is above the above the pastor and God is above the government, and mm-hmm. we have to pray for the government's direction because if we're not praying for the direction of the government, where are they going to, you know, get direction? Mm-hmm. It only comes from God. Mm-hmm. And um, my my issue. Is every I I feel that everybody should be staying home. Period. Mm-hmm. Until this until all of this is done, because I don't want to see any more people gone gone on mm-hmm. and graduating unless of it's God's time. Mhm. And you know, Nancy, that's interesting. You said that because I mean we've been seeing so many people dying, whether it's from the coronavirus. I mean, you know, we just buried. Um, little Richard, the um, Betty White. I mean, right? They. It's been quite a few individuals that are dying at different ages. It's not just the old; it's the young. Things are happening to people. It's like God is really trying to tell us something, and we're not paying attention. And running to the church is not going to save you. So that's no, just a not. part of it. 
Mm-hmm. That's just a part of it. And when we start talking about just even worshiping, ministering, fellowshipping, I'm looking at some information, and it's coming from Wheaton.edu, and it talks about ministering in a time of COVID-19. And they indicate five practices, guys, to your decision and demanding in the uncertain time. And it says the following five practices can help you make decisions in changing circumstances in time like this. These practices can help you stay committed and make faithful decisions along the way. One, it talks about attention. We really need to pay attention. And with our attention called in many directions, it is very important to wisely direct our attention. It includes ensuring that you're getting reliable information in a rapidly changing situation. It also includes practicing attention and determining who and how we are to help. And these are just three parts of practicing attention. Then they talk about, you know, certain things. They also go into confession. Confession gives us the right to posture to enter into serving others who are in some way in need of help because Confession, too, if you got the virus or you go tell the person next to you when you're sitting in church, I got the virus or, you know, or like, like I heard somebody say, if you haven't been tested, you don't know. Another one they talk about is respect. Even in urgent times, it is important to sit down enough to humbly enter into other people's situation. This is a practice of intentionally seeking to love our neighbors as ourselves. We gotta start respecting ourselves and respecting others and partnering as well as they call with truthening. And those are just some of the things because like I said, we don't know who's telling us the truth. Thea, what do you wanna say in regards to this? Because like I said, you also attend church and was attending church frequently and I know you're doing other things now. But um what are you, what are your thoughts? I um I will be ready to go back to church, I believe, when my pastor says it's time to go back to church because I do believe that he consults with the Lord regularly and in an effort to keep us all united, my pastor has encouraged the online um get together so we have the sisters getting together a few times a week on day, on um afternoon calls so that we have that kind of support and contact and the brothers are doing the same thing we're still having our sunday schools and he's streaming um services live on 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 sundays and so i believe that my pastor is working really hard to keep the church together and um he believes that we should obey the laws of the health department and i'm have to commend him on that i'm gonna say it again he's pastor morris woods of the friendly church of god in christ in Oceanside, I'm going to commend him on that because, like you were showing me one night, the article where the pastor um, opened his church back up, and two weeks later he had his parishioners dying. Okay, well, I don't want to be like Jim Jones and he say, here, drink from this cup and we all be dead. If my pastor says we should respect the health departments, and I believe for the reason I've stayed there at that church, under his ministry is I believe he is really delivering the word of God. There's sometimes I'm always going to differ or have my own opinion or take something personal. And then I'm going to get my feathers ruffled. But the short end of it is I believe pastor Morris Woods is inspired by God. I believe he communicates with him regularly throughout the day, not just once a day. He continues to, to um, seek God. And so he delivers us the best message possible and when my pastor believes that it's time to open up the doors of Friendly Church of God in Christ, then I'll be ready to go back. But until then, I'm gonna um I'm gonna listen to the man that I believe the Lord put in my life to lead me in his word and fellowship and stuff like that. Because he him and First Lady are making uh, regular efforts to stay in touch with the congregation while we're out of services. Now, you know, and, and it sounds like you're putting a lot of faith and trust in your pastor, which is good, and a lot of people have. Some individuals did also and returned a little bit too soon, which was prematurely, and it kind of bear to differ people's um, mission, you know. And we know that a lot of pastors are concerned financially and trying to keep the doors open. We, I don't know if the churches are falling under the, the PPP plan or grants or what's available for them. Now, I'm looking at some information. 
and it's coming from the NewYorkTimes.com, and it says, some conservative Christians argue that stay-at-home restrictions have limited their religious freedoms. In California, a federal judge ruled on Tuesday that Governor Gavin Newsom's was allowed to be in church assembly to protect public health. After a small evangelical church in San Juan Valley Cross Culture Christian Center had sued him last month. So you got people being sued. You got individuals trying to protest. You got individuals talking about what's essential. So do you think that some pastors are being, um, I don't want to say harassed, but are being told by now the government to open up, or do you think that they're trying to all together? See, that's where a lot of individuals are having some concerns. Now, I'm looking at something it also talks about in Fresno, California. Jim Franklin, pastor of Cornerstone Church, announced this week he planned to reopen his doors to in-person worship on May 31st. He is part of an ongoing group of evangelical pastors across the state who are working with a law firm to urge Mr. Newsom to allow churches to open along with other essential businesses. So, okay, are we talking about a business? Are we talking about keeping people um, healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Or what is it? See, that's where we're running into issues of, are you doing it for the people, or are you doing it because you're operating a business? Any thoughts, Thea or Nancy? I think. I think. Go ahead. Oh. I think my. I think my pastor is doing it for the people, and I'm gonna say this because he has kept the church. Okay, I'm not getting him in trouble. He has kept the church open for. We have members of our church that are homeless without internet connections and things like that, with all the libraries and stuff closed right now. And I can tell you that I know for a fact every Sunday service there is at least one or two people there in the church. My pastor goes to the church to be able to broadcast. He has not closed the doors to those members because he knows that that is their only way to receive service because they can't go online and stream the Sunday service. So he has left the doors open for people like that to be able to come in. So I have, I happen to believe that when he is doing things, he is actually thinking about his congregation because he had, I mean, we've had weddings that were supposed to take place. He didn't just straight up say, no, you can't have the wedding here. He did tell the poor girl she had to limit her, her people to just a handful of people. I mean, and you know, but you got to think you're getting married during a pandemic, but he still allowed it to happen. You know, he is, he is putting his people up there, but he's also looking out for our health as well because, I mean, if he had said, ah, oh, good job. If he had said, okay, no, you can't come in here because uh, I've been told that I have to have the, co- the doors closed, we might have lost a couple members of our uh, couple members from our congregation that are homeless, but he has not done that. He he allows them to come in there. First lady has made masks for people. They have to have their mask on when they come in, but he does let them come in for Sunday service. Okay. Okay, Nancy, what was you going to say? And I have a caller calling in I'm going to log them on to. But what was you going to say, Nancy? What I was going to say is it's more importantly that the churches are open. However, we need to be in a precautionary period of time like we are right now and make sure Mm -hmm. that uh, the people who are having um, a struggling immune system is covered in prayer Mm -hmm. and God protecting them. I mean, because I'm struggling even trying to do the radio today. My voice is just giving out on me. I I know I'm one. Hold on one second. Let me log on this person. Good afternoon. We're not in the afternoon yet. We're still the morning. Good morning. It's Jeanette, number ending in 6-4. Welcome to Precious Video Commits Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? Good, Jeanette. Okay. This This is who? Kevin. Oh, okay. How are you doing? Sound like it was someone else. What do you want to say, in Kevin, in order to add to the show about are you ready for church? I'm totally ready for church, but yet I'm very scared to go there because of my immune system. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I've been hearing about churches opening and letting so many people in at a time and doing services throughout the day, starting with your oldest to the youngest in different mm-hmm. services. Myself, am I ready for that? I'm, I, I'm, I'm very anxious to go to church. Mm-hmm. But with my immune system, I, I'm very cautious. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm down here. I had to leave my house to call because my phone keeps dropping calls. So I took a drive, and I'm down at Huntington Beach, and I'm driving, and I'm just amazed. No one, I haven't seen one person with a mask on, and mm. there's thousands. Tens of thousands, and it's so, it's so scary. You know, mm-hmm. people are, they're not thinking about other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, uh, I'm just anxious to see what's going to happen with church. Um, how are they going to open the doors? And you know what, and that's the thing, it's because you don't want to infringe on somebody's privacy, you know, the casino's even open. I had a friend call me the other day, and Thea, you you and I were talking about this, I had a friend tell me that he was casino hopping. He went to three casinos in one day, you know, and then I had people text me, do you want to go to the casino? No, I don't want to go to the casino. It is not that serious. And then, like you said, Kevin, right. you're down by Huntington Beach looking at people with no mask on, walking around, not doing social distancing, and yet there will probably yeah. be some of the same people that are sitting in the church on Sunday. And then you wonder, right. like, or why? Or going to why their grandmother to see their grandmother. Just, it's just people don't really get it. They're selfish. Right. And, like... I live with a bunch of guys, and they mentioned to me two days ago, and this is why I really called, you know, they mentioned, um, they mentioned that the churches are going to be opening up, Kevin. Aren't you going to go? You trust God. And it's like, of course I trust God, but they're atheists. And they're like, then they all started laughing and stuff. And uh, they're like, well, God brought this on us. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, you know, but I didn't respond because, you know, you've got to consider everybody's groups, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I didn't want to engage in it, but it's kind of sad how people, you know, some people are, like testing people and and they're the guys that aren't wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And when they're on a ventilator, you know, God forbid that happens, but hey, you know what? I, everywhere I go, I put on my mask, you know, because mm-hmm. how would I feel if I infected you or somebody That's else? True. It's like that article thing that I sent you last oh, night when God. you were wondering what I sent. And I thought that was very interesting, how oh, just the wording, no. because people don't pay attention. I'm looking at something, yeah. and it talks about the the pandemic has been so financially devastating on the churches, which we know. And in questions of reopening, right. is no longer even possible for some of the smaller churches. And you know, the Church of God in Christ, like you said, is a smaller church. You know, the church that I was going to, when I was wow. going to um, Higher Dominion, which transitioned over to San Marcos, um, it's a smaller church. So we know that some of the smaller churches are struggling, but a lot of individuals, when we talk about where is your faith, you know, who do you believe in? I saw something that I wanted to, I want to read, and um, it was written by um, Donald, uh, Donnie McKirkland, and they were talking about mm-hmm. Donald Trump versus Pastor Donnie McClurkin, where Trump tells the U.S. government to let's place that let places of worship reopen right now. It's like right now. In response, Donnie McClurkin, who's also a song writer, writer, he wrote, "Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom 
And in all you're getting, get understanding. And that's in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. As a pastor of PFC, I announce to all members of our ministry, we will not be involved in any political ploy such as a dangerous decision to play with our religious sensibilities for political leverage, to suggest and instruct churches to reopen without meaning specific metrics given by the scientific medical experts is highly irresponsible, foolhardily, and potentially dangerous to our well-being especially to those in heavily affected areas. We will continue to lean towards and adhere to reasonable medical science and credible doctors and medical experts, along with our governor and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And my responsibility as a pastor of thousands, there will be no reopening of our church edify until it is safe to gather in the house of worship, this political ploy to gain favor and votes from the faith-based community is blatant and will not be considered over our pastoral duties to care for the members of the body of Christ. Our digital live stream will adequately serve the people, local and globally, until such in the very near future we can again Gather again and worship. And that was written by Pastor D. McClurkin Jr. Now, that was so elegantly written. You know, it wasn't like he was being disrespectful, but it's like, how you going to just say you go open it right now? I'm yeah. like, are you kidding I want to go to that guy's church. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry for interrupting, but I had to throw that out there. I want to go to that guy's church. I can trust him. And I know he would share the words that I want to hear. And mm-hmm. can I can I say one other thing real quick? Yes. My personal opinion, my personal opinion of those pastors suing our governor. I mean, um, I think they're just thinking about themselves in their pocket. I mm-hmm. I don't know why I think that, but I kind of do think that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not thinking about anybody's well-being and safety. There's mm-hmm. something serious going on in this world. How could you be suing with somebody that's trying to protect you? Mm-hmm. You're a man of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's like if you keep telling your kid, your kid keep coming like, well, Ryder, can I get some ice cream? Can I get some ice cream? And you just keep saying no. It's not good for you. You got to brush your teeth. You might get a cavity. But can I do this? Can I do this? No. Ryder, got to wait. Ice cream. No. And, and just keep on, keep on. Till you just say, forget it. Go get it. You know, whatever happens, happens. But at what extent? Right. At what cost? The cost of your life? You know, because yeah. we can't bring these people back that we're losing. <laughs> and they keep saying they know some people are going to die. But do you want to be one of them? That's the part they get me. They're not minimizing that. They know the numbers are spiking. They know that they're increasing. But you know people are saying, well, it's no big thing. It's the fake news. They lying. They this. So we going to go for real? And you know people are dying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is Can I scary. say something? Yes, you may. In the, in the Navajo mm-hmm. Nation, there's at least, I, um, Given you a ballpark figure around 100,000 to 500,000 people who have passed away on the Navajo Nation. Oh so yeah, this is not this is not a game to play. It's like you either use your sense or you don't use your sense. And if you're not if you're gonna be stupid, go be stupid by yourself and don't involve other people that's gonna get the sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they just put it out there in regards to what's going on with these Indian reservations. And like I said, even opening up the casino. I know the casino is losing a lot of money because people are not going. But you got people flocking to the casino. My son took his butt to the casino. And I posted on his Facebook, if you don't take your black butt home, I didn't say butt, I did say AFS. You know (laughs) I said, don't you come around me. You know? And I meant every word of it. Don't you bring your butt around me. 
you know, because it's like yeah. for real. Now, I'm looking at some other information, and they talk about 20 questions your church should answer before people return. Now, and they talk about this week we all received good news from our president. The country is going to open, reopen slowly, and that includes houses of worship. And I can guarantee that we will not go to the business as usual as a country, and that includes our churches. If you think that we all will rush back to church and pick up where we left off at, don't kid yourself. It's not going to happen, or at least it shouldn't happen. We need to think and plan carefully so that we don't endanger people simply because we let our guards down. It kind of go back to what you were saying, Thea, about drinking that, drinking that juice. Now, when we start talking about the coronavirus crisis has passed, it hasn't. They're already talking about the second wave being worse than the first. Now, as believers, let's agree to live by faith and not operate in fear. And I mean, like I tell people, I'm not afraid, but I'm not going to do stuff and just be stupid about it. But let's also agree to be proactive and to act in wisdom towards our members and guests, especially those amongst us who are most susceptible to becoming infected. With COVID-19 Now these are some of the questions And I want to go through some of these questions What if your worship gathering Is initially limited to More than 100 people Now Kevin the church you was going to Was it a big church or a small church It was a medium sized church It's a Calvary Chapel What about you Nancy The church you was going to Is there more than 100 people uh, no, there isn't. It's a small church. Okay. What about you, the uh, big church, small church, more than 100 people? No. Okay. And see, one of the things that we, you and I talked about was the body scanning. You know, people talk about checking your temperatures before you walk in. Okay, what if you are standing there taking somebody's temperature and you find they got a fever and you turn them away? Are they going to try to sue you for turning them away? We used to have to seek people coming in because they wanted prayer. Are you going to come in because you want prayer for the coronavirus? That's a whole nother issue when you start turning people away. Any comments in regards to that, especially with big congregations? I think the body scanners thing is just to make people comfortable. Like we were talking earlier, okay, now, um, you know, I'm half Indian, so my ha- my hat's off to the Indians. I figure this is a cruel way to get their revenge, but revenge is what they'll be getting. Because when people think about it realistically, if we're living by faith, okay, now it talks about gambling in the Bible when they had turned the church into a house of, Jesus said was they had turned it into a house of thieves. They were doing business. We know that. We know that places like that are considered the devil's den. Okay, now, why would I want to go into a casino? And, okay, what else we know is that these casinos are paying their tribal members monthly, mm-hmm. anywhere from 1000 to $10,000 per member. That's $10,000 that's $10, each. True. That's not and so true. They've, that's not they've got money that, that they need to make true. up. These casinos that's have been closed for two months, mm-hmm. and they have okay. money to make up. Got you. But we're not talking about the casino right now, Thea, because I know you're Indian. I know oh, okay. Um, I know that um, Nancy is Indian, too, so I heard you guys going back and forth with that. But that wasn't the question. The question is basically if you are going to a large church and talking about how are they going to protect the members, are people scanning, how do you have time to be going through that with all the people. You know, I've seen individuals in small church protect their pastor. You know, so my question then began was, if it's a large church, how are you going to do that? The second one is, what adjustments will you make to the Lord's Supper, baptism and choir ministry, meaning that when you talk about the breaking of bread and you passing the thing around, I watched something on TV and they were doing something about, um, they were talking about something they wanted to see how fast stuff can spread with germs and they turned the light thing on and start looking at the glowing of the light, just just doing lunch. So when you start talking about First Communion, how is that going to change? You know, what adjustments are the churches going to make in regards to that? 
And a lot of times I'm going to say some people don't even like to be questioned. Another thing is how would you go forward with VPS? And this is a question on most people's mind. There are practical alternatives to know that many churches are going to find times or find ways to provide what's called the VBS experiences, and they talk about different things of how you're going to do that. And if a physical plate is passed around during the tithes and offering, when each person is touching that plate, how are you going to do that? Are you going to just walk up and drop your money in there? Now, even if you go to a fast food restaurant, it looks like they um, it looks like you on a Star Wars or something when they trying to get your money, even to get some Chinese food or a Big Mac. Another one: What are you gonna do now to sanitize and sterilize your church building? Now is the time to wipe down all the classrooms, especially those where children meet because of toys and other items. But what are you going to do? See, you was going to church before quite often. What are, just the sanitizing the church, how is that going to be possible? You know, those are really interesting questions, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one reason that really um, lift my hand up again for the direction that God has steered me in. Because when it comes to communion and tithing at the Friendly Church of God in Christ, we do not all touch that um, tithing basket or, as a matter of fact, nobody but the ushers touch it, and they have on gloves. And I've noticed that when we do communion, the communion is set out the Friday before. It's, and, you know, we usually have a community dinner on Friday evenings. And so the communion mm-hmm. cups are set into the tray when when Sister Sylvia has gloves on, when she puts those cups in. And on communion Sunday, when the tray is passed around, we line up, we go, each person grabs their cup out of the tray mm-hmm. and lines up for prayer to do communion. So my church has been, okay. as far as that goes, when since you brought that up, they don't pass the basket around three or four times like I've seen in some of the bigger churches. The basket gets set up front, and there's a time for tithing. The pastor does that at the end of service. Everybody goes up. They have their own envelope. It's, being, it's handed out in the, in the program, and so you fill out your own envelope. Nobody touches your envelope but you, mm-hmm. and nobody okay. touches the basket but the ushers that set it at the front of the church. Got you. Okay, what were you about to say, Nancy? So what I was gonna say is that my church, my church, they have um, they order communion cups that's already prepared mm-hmm. for you, and then mm-hmm. we don't go go and um, touch the the offering plates. We we go up and go go and um and put, it in put the our envelope yeah. in. Yeah, our do and our do electrical online on um elect- What is it? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. What about you? Um, Sam. Got you. What about you, Kevin? What What are your What do you think your church is going to do, or is that a good question? Because some people are afraid to even touch money right now. Like I said, even food handlers they are using gloves to even touch the money. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I'm I'm actually. I don't know. I haven't been to the church. I want to, but like I said, I'm. Scared. Mm-hmm. I, I just you. had surgery neither, on my kidney. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and neither just some of the questions so, that they're going to be asking is how we go do this. I don't know if I want to be passing this around and touching this. And that, this is why they said these are some things that you should ask your pastor. And are you going to continue hosting special events? They was talking about weddings. You know, what about funerals? I had just attended a funeral at a mortuary, and we couldn't touch anything. And we had to use hand sanitizer when we first walked in the church. And we had to sit through the whole service with masks on our face. You know, and sometimes it's hard for people to breathe with those masks on. It's hard for me to even be in a grocery store walking around with a mask on my face. I get hot and be ready to pass out. So when you sit there in a whole church service and the summertime's about to come, when it's already hot in some churches, it's like, Lord, we're going to be ready like we feel like we're about to pass out. So when we start talking about these weddings, these funerals, these revivals, we're trying to go back to normal. We're talking about social distancing. And I had Tisha cracking up because, you know, in the Church of God in Christ and Sanctified Church, be like, give your neighbor a 5 5. Pat your so and so on the back. We ain't going to be doing all that touching now. You know, so that's a whole other thing that's going to change. And are you going to continue to provide coffee stations? Or when some individuals, when they have, um, you know, little stores and stuff like that. And will you continue offering virtual online worship? So 
for those individuals that are going to be opening up the church, are they going to do a combination of both? You know, T.D. Jakes, I'm quite sure he's been doing both for probably a long time. But what about some of the other smaller churches? Are they going to just say, okay, well, since our five members are here now, we're going to stop being online, where there may be more individuals that are still wanting opportunity to view them online, you know? And what are your plans when volunteers step down? And what are your strategies to clean and sanitize your church in real time? Because we got to keep them clean. And these are just some of the just questions that, oh, here's another good one. Is the time, this is the time to suspend or end your church meet and greet. Remember when you said to go welcome your neighbors, talk to your neighbors, what are we going to do now? Because of physical distancing rules, it is probably at least going to be temporarily um, stopped. And because people may return very slowly to church, how will you count attendance and effectiveness? You know, even when I was a kid, they used to do a Sunday school count just to check the numbers. And there's another one. Should you add and or shorten worship services to allow social distancing? That's going to be a big one, especially some churches that already was going hours. You know, what what we go do? Any comments, questions, or concerns regarding just a few of some of the things that I read? I like the questions you brought up because it just makes me real. I mean, the more you ask these questions, the more it's got me thinking. Okay, now, when this whole thing started out, stop. My pastor started to get, come on. My pastor started to be more cautious with the contact because we have that meet and greet thing where he'll tell you to go around and shake two people's hands, right, or give two people a hug. When this started coming into effect, my pastor started telling people, give them a high five. And then as it started to go worse and worse, he said, just stay where you are, look at two people and tell them that you love them. You know, so he had already started that even before we got put on lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, before we got the stay-at-home order, he was already starting to exercise um, social distancing, you know, whereas we weren't having contact, we weren't hugging and, you know, shaking hands. And we, went for, we went from hugging to high fives to elbow bumps to staying in our spot looking over and saying, I love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Another thing, how will you deal with the rise of COVID-19-related addictions? A lot of people go want to be spending time with the pastor. They're going to have a whole lot of testimony that's going to probably be taking up church services, and a lot of people may not be wanting to hear all of that. So that's a whole other thing that the pastors are going to have to be addressing. And are you going to decrease the fellowship time between on-campus worship services, and are you going to postpone midweek Wednesday night services, meals, and Bible studies? So that's a whole other thing. So that's it's like the more people you bring in in and out. I tell an individual, I trained in law enforcement, and I learned in law enforcement at a scene of a crime, when you enter into a building, you bring something in, you take something out. So we're going to be bringing stuff in, taking stuff out, taking it to our home, taking it to other people's. It's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And will individuals that are coming in, a new (laughs) staff or volunteer position emerge from the COVID-19 So how are you going to be able to do new member classes? You know, it's going to be a lot. It's really going to be a lot. Any other things or questions you think that, what would you want to ask your pastor, Thea? I mean, a a budget. That's going to be another thing. Our pastor is going to be requiring that members give a little bit more. Dig. They already tell you, dig deep in your pocket, you know, because people are going to be trying to make up for the shortfall. What are they going to do? My pastor has not um, been asking for any more than what he normally does. And I, you know what? I have to commend him on that because I've noticed in the services he announces it at the end. But, not. I mean, it's in, it seemed to me like he doesn't put the emphasis on it as much as he used to. And I kind of felt like it's because he understands that a lot of people are going through financial hardships. But um, he first lady has told us in our sister to sister um Zoom meetings that we have that they have what they call date day on Thursdays. Pastor, mm. she said, Pastor is taking at least fifteen to twenty five calls a day. People calling him, talking to him, but he tells them on Thursday, don't call him. Mm, because he's got to have a break. You know, mm-hmm. even with me, Thea, with being a therapist, it's not that I've been moody. 
It's just my voice is giving out on me. I can't talk. Where I was talking to ten people in one day, you know, even though they weren't coming in my office, I, I'm like, I am tired. So you can only take so much, and you also have to take care of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. What were you about to say, Nancy? What I was going to say is that, um, no, my pastor has not been asking for extra monies. What um, she's been doing is helping helping the people who are struggling, struggling, um, such as I, providing them water and food mm-hmm. and um, money for gas and ch- buying me a tie too tired for my car. Wow. And you know what? And a lot of pastors, I commend them. Even in Compton, you know, they've been having food lines and, you know, people have been going to the food bank, but we still got to be careful with that, too, you know, in regards to what it is we put in our body. I had bought, um, Thea, a teacher went to the to the line to get some food and came back with a big old can of tuna. I ain't never seen a can of tuna that big. You know, so there are <laughs> people are helping people, and that's a good thing is we are, as a community, trying to do better to reach out to those that are in need because there is a lot going on. I noticed that some individuals need help even from members in the church regarding filling out their um, unemployment claims and all, a lot of paperwork that's needed and has to be done. It's a lot. It, it is really a lot. But our health and safety is of, of the utmost importance because God will honor that. We have to use wisdom, you know, and we have to pay attention. You know, we talk about being aware of wolves and sheep's clothing. You know, I always want to know what is your hidden agenda? What's your arterial motive? You know, and, Kevin, you know, even with me and what I do, even with the clients, we're still being client-centered with the individuals because we couldn't override what the what probation was telling us or what the courts were saying, even though the courts were closed. We knew that um, things were increasing as far as, you know, people wanting help and they wanting to reach out and they want to connect with other people. We get that. Now, I got some other information, and it's coming from Christianity Today, Today.com. And it says, when your church reopens, here's how to meet safely. And they got masks. They got a lot of different things. And it says, over the past four months, the spread of the new coronavirus has exploded across the globe, leaving packed ERs, ICUs, patients on ventilators, and family grieving over the loss of their loved ones. But to limit the spread of this virus, most government implemented strict stay-at-home orders. And that's where people, it seems like they don't want to be told what to do. You know, they want their freedom of speech, their free liberties. And I wanted to say, I was talking to a client this morning, and we were talking about Governor Newsom, and, um, I mean, the governor of California and his brother. I guess his brother is a CNN host, and he had contacted the virus along with his wife, and Tisha was showing me a clip where they were going back and forth on CNN, and he was like, in other words, you know you had the virus, you better stay away from mama. And he was like, we well, need to go visit our mother. You know, so you got a governor, you have a news commentator. The one news commentator had been infected with the virus. Apparently the governor had not. The governor will be meeting with Trump. So we got a lot of things going on. But when we start talking about politics, that's when it kind of get ugly. But they went, they broke it down and started talking about their mama, meaning don't, don't give mama that virus. You know, and, 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 and that makes a lot of sense. But when we start talking about these things and the rising number of infections, we have overwhelmed healthcare systems and death would quickly escalate. And during this period, we know that churches across the U.S. and around the world have closed the doors to in-person worship ministries. As with many preventive actions, we may never know how this has limited the spread of the COVID virus, but as a global health professional who worked for over 25 years to control disease around the world, this person indicates that they are certain that this has prevented many affections and death just by doing what we've been doing. Now, public health experts warn that the U.S. lack of testing, contact tracing, and quarantining capabilities needed to bring and keep pandemic under control. Yet some states are already losing their restrictions and are allowing non-essential businesses to reopen. Now, one of the things that they talk about is, and it says, our post guidepost for decision-making, 
to discern God's call for churches. I'm advising, and they talk about the their city of Seattle, which was one of the states that was, I mean, Washington basically was really high, but they said that they relied on biblical truth and scientific knowledge, both of which have been given by God. And the great commandment states, you shall love the Lord and your God and love your neighbors as yourself. And in Matthew 22, 37 and 9, they talk about during this pandemic, love ourselves is expressed in ways we protect ourselves from getting infected. And the same way love for our neighbors is expressed in the way we protect them from getting infected. Now, Kevin, honestly, when you're in Huntington Beach and you see all of this, what are your really what are your true thoughts, Kevin? Uh, I'm just beside myself. I'm, I'm just sitting in my car. No way would I get out of my car. No way. Mm-hmm. Even with a mask. And I'm just like, these people don't even, I, I don't know if they, they have any knowledge of what's going on, but I'm thinking, God, these people are going to go home. They're going to go visit their grandmother. Mm-hmm. And just, it, it's just, they're passionate. They want this lockdown to, to stop, but they're not doing anything to help stop it. They're spreading mm-hmm. it. They're making it worse. And I'm thinking right now, do I need to run to Target and go buy a bunch of toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's one of those things, Kevin, yeah. and, it, and it's true. It does seem like it's making it worse because, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready. When I ask the question, "Are you ready?" I'm not ready right now because I'm yeah. concerned. I am very concerned, and I know that this has nothing yeah. to do with my relationship with God. But I'm concerned. I'm concerned for people. I'm concerned for children. Yeah. I'm concerned for their lack of yeah. knowledge. I'm concerned at the fact that people are losing their lives. I'm concerned about the ignorance and the sense of entitlement that a lot of people are demonstrated. I am really concerned. And it saddens me, even when I get calls from people wanting therapy, and I want to see you face-to-face. No, you're not. I don't know you. (laughs) You can be coming and killing me. No. It is not yeah. that serious. You know, you know and- it's funny. It's funny you should say that. You know, I've been looking for employment, and um, I got an email this morning from a center. He said that I applied with them in January. If I was still interested in interviewing with them for a job, we could make it happen. I don't know what to think about that. Well, but the thing is, too, even in the field of drug and alcohol, the, a lot of places are doing things via telehealth. So even if so, they're hiring, they, it may be they're doing telehealth group because in my OSHA mm-hmm. side office, you know, it looks like a ghost town. Some days I'm the only one in the office, but I'm in the okay. office so that I'm not distracted and I can sit in front of my computer like right now. I'm in my office, but I'm by myself, and I'm not going to be seeing nobody today. There's nobody coming in my office today. So I'm going to just be sitting here doing computer work. I got stuff I got to do. And there's a lot of jobs available right now, but a lot of it is being done via telehealth. And And I'm going to just count this as a blessing and reply. Mm, You can reply, but they're doing things a lot of different. They're doing things differently. So, um, yeah, don't, don't give up. Don't, you know, but, yeah. Now, basically what I was looking at in regards to ChristianityToday.com, it talks about a recent study reported that 45% of American adults have factors that place them at risk for the serious COVID-19 complications. Because those attending churches are on an average older than the general population, an even higher proportion of church congregants are at risk of serious COVID-19 complications. And third, we have a better understanding of what control measures work. Testing, contact tracing, and quarantining of cases and contracts are mitigated to the COVID-19 epidemic and without major lockdowns. However, such actions must be taken rapidly. So we have to stop being so hard-headed and talking about, I'm going to sue you, and you can't tell me what to do. But then when your butt gets sick, you're going to be wanting somebody to come and see you. No. Or right. don't nobody care about me. 
Who cared about you when your brother was down at the beach or sitting there at a bar? Yeah. Or it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like, for real? And leave the bars alone. You know what, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this guy park right next to me, pull up, grab his mask, stand out of his car, look around, put his mask back in his car, and took mm. off walk. Well, and you know what? Some people are public shaming individuals, and you know, and it makes you want to question. But you don't want to get into an argument with someone. You know, people go do what they want to do. But my thing is, just just stay away. Just just leave me alone. Yeah. Because I'm trying to yeah. live. I, I'm not trying to be sick. I'm not because for some it could be way more complicated than others. It it really can't. Now I'm looking. I know right. we only have four minutes left on the show, and it looks like we just lost Nancy, but we still on the show. Um, I have some information, and this is coming from CNN.com. So I'm waiting on it to load, and it talks about four reasons why the rush to reopen churches goes beyond politics. Because sometimes we want to know: are are they really using us to get votes? Are they trying to say, well, I'm not voting for so-and-so because they didn't want us to worship? Or because we find every excuse not to do something. Now, this is coming from, again, CNN, so this is not Jeanette. And it was basically updated on on Sunday, which was May 24th. And it talks about the rush to reopen churches has become the latest front of the coronavirus culture wars. President Donald Trump has declared places of worship essential and during the pandemic and said he'll override governors if they don't allow in-person services. Analysts have countered he doesn't have the constitutional authority to do that. But long before Trump ordered churches reopen, and long after how this battle plays out politically, some members, and not only um, members, and they're talking about in in congregations, have likely and will likely continue to defy state mandates because many of them, the reason goes beyond um, politics. So, like we say, most people think. But I'm going to ask you, Kevin, do you think it's political? You know, I don't, I don't want to get oh, Got you. I mean, I just said it's just yes or no. Because I kind of I, I kinda wasn't really paying attention. I was observing, and I lost my train of thought. It's like <laughs> no problem. You don't have I, to I'm answer, sorry. Kevin. You don't have to I'm answer. I'm sorry. Um, Thea, Thea, do you think it's political? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, some indicate, indicate that they see it as a religious freedom issue. For most part, American mosques and temples have not wrestled with the question of whether to hold services or not. But for many Christian churches, the issue goes straight to what they view as their constitutional right to free exercise of religion. And that's some of the things that they're trying to fight and battle, saying, you know, we have a right to do this. But for some, physical gatherings are a key part of their faith. So we get that. But that doesn't mean that your faith should be that you want to be exposing yourself either. I remember individuals being diagnosed with HIV. They didn't want people with HIV being around them, but now we're playing with the coronaviruses. And in many Christian denominations, assembling physically is a worship is a is critical to faith. But then again, that depends. Now I'm looking. I'm trying to find the four different things. I guess that was two of them. And they also say, for some, their churches are hurting financially. Another consequence of suspending in-person services is that many cases churches are running low on funds. Part of this is because the economic effects that the pandemic has had on church members said, and they indicate that without the services, the offering plate is no longer being passed. Now, Catholic churches ask their members to contribute by dropping money in a basket every week, you know, and so what they're doing, and each church is doing things differently. Now, some believe God will protect them while some pastors who are pushing ahead with reopening are placing their faith in God. But we know, and like people have said, God didn't tell you to do that. But some have decided that they can't reopen at all. Now, for all the churches that have 
forge ahead with plans to reopen. There are others that may have different decisions. And some people, churches, or some churches will probably be shutting down. But I want to go back to what we said before. Use wisdom. And if you are sick, please stay at home. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And stay informed. Meaning you ain't got to worry about what the president said. You know, listen to what 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 is God telling you? If God is telling you to stay at home just like he's telling your preacher something, God can talk to you just like he can talk to anybody else. And we have to remember that. Kevin, is there anything you want the listeners to know before we end the show? Just to be safe and don't worry, God's on the move and he will protect us. Okay. Thea, anything you want the listeners to know before we end the show? Let's pray for our pastors to seek God in his guidance on this. Yes. We got to pray for our pastors. We need to pray, pray for our people that are in leadership positions. We need to pray for our governors. We need to pray for our president. We definitely now is a time of prayer, and we need to pray for the people. Because people are out of control. And even with Second Corinthians, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, these are some wicked ways, then I will heal the land. Right. But see, but the problem is we talk about healing the land. We talk about healing the coronavirus, and individuals are actually making it worse. So we, when you know better, you do better. Now, on Monday, I will be on the air with someone, and we're going to be talking about eating disorders. Because we know that individuals staying at home with the coronavirus and the pandemic, many individuals are, you know, concerned about their weight. Some individuals are binge eating. So we're going to be educating individuals in regards to eating, about eating disorders. So, again, I want to thank you. My voice is giving out on me. That's why I'm slurring with my words. But I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until the next time, remember, you got this. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Please stay informed. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.